We're rolling. Welcome back to episode 63 of the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast, everybody. What's going on? Fly, flying solo today. Miguel got stuck in traffic. We sent them home. Flying solo. Uh, we are sponsored by <laughs> Fightback CBD. Get 20% off your CBD order at fightbackcbd.com with code JJD. We're also sponsored by a little marketing company called Black Belt Digital Marketing. My favorite guys. They do all of our artwork, websites, everything. Anything you need to build your business, Google ads, logos, SEO, lead gen, social media, absolutely anything. They can help. All right. Check them out at bbdigitalmarketing.com. My name is Milton Campus. I am a brown belt training out of South Florida. You can check me out on Instagram at UncleMiltyBJJ or at the handle for the show at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies. Bo behind the camera. Hello. See, I have this little thing here that says, Miguel riding shotgun. No, yeah, not today. Not today. Someone took a <laughs> shit today. <Yeah. laughs> that traffic was nasty. I got stuck in the same traffic, and he's coming from an hour further north than me. So, uh, Joining us today, we have a, a very cool guest. I think a lot of people are going to recognize uh, the, the handle. Um, obviously, people know who you are as well. But I knew the handle before I knew you. I was reposting every once in a while. I saw you. So we have BJJ and Judo Black Belt. He's also a Sambo National Champion. Professor Vernon, Captain Kirk, a.k.a. at Jiu-Jitsu Dad Bod. That's the one that everybody knows, right? <laughs> yep. Well, it's funny. My son's Instagram account just got hacked. Really? Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, that's Fucking hose. Yeah. But um, so instead, it used to be Snoop-a-loop because we were watching old school when he put his, his Instagram account together and he yeah. just did it off of that. But now it's Jitsu Sun Bod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So where did that come from? Where did the name come from? How did that all start? So I, you know, when I first started, I was roughly 300 pounds. And I, I saw a picture. I, yeah, I was a fat fuck. And, um, <laughs> you know. All right. <laughs> and I, uh, I, you know, as I got leaner, you know, you'd always hear stuff about like dad bod, dad bod. And I'm like. I kind of have the dad bod and there were a couple people like, nah, you really don't. And I'm like, all right, well, I got a jiu-jitsu dad bod. <laughs> and it just kind of, so you like, were doing jujitsu at 300 pounds, judo and jujitsu when you were 300 pounds. So I started, so I'll put it this way. Um, summer of 09 was the last day of school. And the, the, leading up to that, um, I'd lost my job in March. Uh, it was the year everything crashed, you know, the housing bubble and all that bullshit. 2008, I didn't lose my time. job. I didn't lose my job because of that. Um, I got caught up in some corporate game of Thrones shit <laughs> and my brother got forced out of the door and they found, they tried three other ways to get me out the door after he was gone. And then they finally found a way to get me out the door. And I never forget. I was about to leave to go interview with one of my competitors and that it, you know, at the time, and my brother felt really bad about it. He's like, "Man, I got to do something for your kids." You know, it's the summer, and I'm like, "This ain't your fault, man. Like, this is some bullshit." Like, they were, you know, the guy who they brought back was afraid of you, and this is what they did, and it's some ho shit, and you know, hey. But he's like, "I'm putting your kids in something." So I put my daughter in dance. My son was five, and he tried soccer, and he was good, but very shy. He's like, I want to do karate. I took a lot of Taekwondo as a kid. I was like, all right, cool. That I like that. I took him to this one place where ironically my instructor, act, so it was attached to the only like workout gym in town. 
And the owner of that place retired, um, Alan Crowder, who fought in the UFC, his dad owns the workout gym. He bought that. And now my instructor teaches out of that gym. And, uh, but I'm there the first day and, you know, he's five kid looks up at me, goes, daddy, when do I get my karate uniform? And the woman running it goes, it's a Taekwondo uniform. Like real <laughs> snotty. I'm like, man, he's five. Like there's no, it, that's unnecessary. So the next day was the last day of school. I'm there, you know, like some little party thing. And I'm talking with one of the dads who I didn't know because I didn't know any of them. I used to, I traveled a shit ton back then. I was gone four or five nights a week. And, you know, I'm like, man, yeah, I didn't like that place. I'm going to take him to this other place. Like, dude, don't go there. They're going to rip you off. It's bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. Don't go. He goes, come to this judo school with me. And his, you know, he took class. Both of his kids, you know, his two uh, oldest kids took class. One of them was in my son's class, so they were all buddies. And I'm like, okay, cool. I, I think I know what judo is. Whatever, dude. So, again, it's June. It's in North Carolina, and this is an unair conditioned warehouse. I'm in there. He's running around. He's having a good time. Like, do you like it, buddy? Yeah, I had a good time. All right, cool. Talking to the instructor. Like, how much? How many days a week? You know, all the standard crap. And... He just looks at me and he goes, big guy, where are you going? Home. Class is over. We'll be here tomorrow for the next one. He goes, you know, the adult class is about to start, right? And I'm like, you think my five-year-old's ready for the adult class? (laughs) (laughs) And I knew what he was doing. I was trying to talk my way out of it. So then it was, you know, famous last words. I'm going to do this for a month. You know, he's shy. I'm going to get him acclimated. And then I'm going to fade off into the background and he's going to do his thing. (laughs) Two months later, I was competing. (laughs) Five years. At the end of that year, six months later, I'm cross-training with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Five years later, I had my judo black belt. Six years later, I was opening my own school. Wow. Yeah. That's a hell of a trip. Once it gets his hands around you, Bo. Bo doesn't train. I'm trying to get my producer, Bo, here to train. We're just talking about it. He's close. He's close. He just, right before we got on, he was just like, he's got a couple of things that he has to do personally. And then he just Mm -hmm. told me, he said, I think, I think we might do something here. Yeah, I got to get my. I'd love to train. I mean, I just got my brown belt. I haven't coached in a long time, but I'd love to just kind of get him in my garage mats and start showing him some stuff and then find him a school, like make sure that he's comfortable and then find him a school. I got to get my team. We're we're too far away from each other to train to get, like for him to train in my gym. Right. But uh, find him a good school. I think it's kind of cool if he just kind of plays around with it a little bit, gets uh, gets acclimated. I got to get my teeth done so I can get him knocked out. Yeah, use my joke. So, so what? What age was that, uh, Vernon? You were. You, I was thirty-one. Thirty-one. Okay. Yeah. And I was like two ninety. Wow. I'm forty-three now. About to. Be, I'll be forty-four yeah. next year. Yeah, I didn't start till I was forty-one. I started jujitsu at forty-one. Always loved to like you know hit the bag a little, just kickboxing on my own. Find a gym here or there. Did like a kind of. I, I call it dance fighting. You know, you kind of stand yep. in place, do some jump rope, throw some hands, you know, drop and do some burpee, you know, that kind of stuff, which I love. Oh, yeah. And I did their, their, uh, I started to do their Muay Thai classes and, uh, then I was watching the jujitsu, but then I had a friend open a jujitsu gym and that's, that's how I got my start at, at 41. Uh, I got so you. yeah, yep. right before my 40, 41st birthday. So yeah, I mean, I didn't start till young, but I mean, 
it, it got its hooks in me and and i'm i'm a i'm a freaking addict <laughs> well, I, have I mean a, again you think <laughs> yeah right podcast Same. t-shirt website <laughs> you know you know business all around jiu-jitsu it. addicts anonymous mm-hmm. you know yeah. hi my name is vernon and i love to be half naked and roll yeah. with other men <laughs> I, heard, I heard you say something like uh i told you i do you know my little research i'll, I'll listen to a podcast on the way down and i heard you tell the guy you said something like you were in an interview and you told mm-hmm. some you told them like i'm gonna be fighting another man tomorrow in my pajamas <laughs> so i'm actually so here, here so tell that story here. guy tell that story if you like so I had a job interview and I'm actually sitting at the table right now that I interviewed at. Oh, really? Oh, wow. That's <laughs> no awesome. Shit. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> so I walk in, I've got my suit on. Um, I'm, I grew up in DC. Um, and a lot of like old school DC punk bands are from my neighborhood. Um, Fugazi has a mailing address that I could see the back porch from my front porch. Okay. Like, and uh so i had my doc martin dress shoes on and uh <laughs> had a pair of those back somebody, in the day. <laughs> mm-hmm, somebody made a comment about the docs the boots i was like all right it's kind of my room and i i sit down and my now boss looks at me and goes we do group interviews here and there's like a bunch of people sitting around a conference table i'm like okay and she goes we're all going to ask you questions at the same time that makes some people nervous. Are you nervous? And I sat there and I thought to myself, and I'm like, this is either going to get me the job or it's not. <laughs> I went, fuck it. And um, I went full retard. And um, I went, I said, so you know how I said I have a flight to catch? And she goes, uh huh. I said, so I'm going to fly out to Arizona today. And tomorrow night in front of around like 2,000, 2,500 people live and probably 40, 50,000 watching because it was a fight to win streaming. I'm going to walk out into an elevated stage with like lights and sound and a smoke machine. And I'm going to fight another man for money in my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> You know, so, I can handle this. <laughs> I, I haven't been yeah. there, but I'm when you know I've never been scared to, to talk in front of people, and I'm a, you know I'm a salesman by trade. Yep. But my Same. wife, you know, my wife always asks me, you know, I can't believe you could just talk like that in front of anybody. And when I tell you know, I, first of all, I've been doing it for so long, but I I've been in worse. Pre- when you have a grown man sitting on your chest about to choke you, you know, standing in front of a room just talking to people isn't such a big deal. You know? Oh, my, dude. Yeah. Well, and to give you an idea of how that line went over, other than the fact that I'm sitting here right now, <laughs> um, when, when I left, you know, you asked the standard question, like, what are the next steps in the process? And they go, well, look, we have three open positions right now. We're interviewing around 20 candidates. You're the first. Okay. So if we like you, we refer you back to HR. They have one more interview with you. And if they like it, you're hired. I said, okay, cool. When would that happen? <laughs> oh, you won't hear from HR until the end of next week. Okay. No worries. Well, I had a layover in Oklahoma City. I step off the plane in Oklahoma City and I already had an email from HR. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. So, Sweet. Yeah. yeah. You know. And now how long have you been with the company? Uh, two and a half years. Okay. Take. So, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, this is the thing. Like, I've... 
I actually listened to your um, podcast with Mike Bidwell yesterday, and cool. you know, you were talking about the like, you know, you know, you you know, you asked the question, you know, something along the lines of like, what would you change in your jiu-jitsu journey? Yeah. I, th- I think what a lot of people miss, and I've got like younger guys now who are way more exposed to it. And then on top of it, like, you know, with flow grappling and all the stuff that's out there and, you know, all of that, which is, I mean, it's, it's fucking phenomenal. The amount of not only information, mm-hmm. but good information that's available to you right now. Yeah. And, but they all think it's just like, Oh dude, I'm like, you know, these 23 year olds are like, you know, begging to get their blue belts and, Da, da, da. And I'm like, like oh, I'm gonna be like this, and I'm like, oh, this is what my walkout's gonna be like. And I'm like, boys, <laughs> I'm like, it took me years to get a super fight. I'm like, and it was like, man, you know, 2012, 2013 super fights were rare, and if you weren't a fucking black belt, you were begging and pleading to be on a damn card. Yeah. And you know, I'm like, guys, I'm like, you're so concentrated on the end you're missing the journey. Like if you, that, that day before that, you know, the day before that last day of school, where I was standing there in that Taekwondo studio, like, you know, fuck this bitch, you're an asshole, <laughs> you know? I, and if somebody walked up to me and said, hey bro, you're gonna, you know, take your son to this thing tomorrow and 12 years from now, you're gonna have lost a hundred pounds. You're gonna have released a video on BJJ Fanatics. You're gonna be, you know, you're going to have done, like, you're going to travel the world. You're going to have two black belts. You're going to do all this shit. First of all, it probably would have never happened because I'd have been looking for it. Right. Two, I'd have laughed in your face, like wrong guy, like, but crack, crack is cool. I mean, I'm sure it is, but like, <laughs> no, that ain't, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the, the cool thing about all of this is it's like, we really get the opportunity. Like I'm, I'm in my forties and I'm technically, you know, I'm a pro fucking athlete. And it's like, look, I've made, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of dollars doing it. <laughs> stacks and stacks of ones. Damn skippy boy. I'm, I'm, you you should take a picture on your bed, throw all those ones on your bed and just lay there in your gi. Oh yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I, you know, I always wanted to be a football player. I played a couple of years in college. Like I, I, I ended up going to a D3 college and I chose my college around where I wanted to play football. At. I didn't give a fuck about anything else. Right. And I look, I went to really good private schools. I I'm, I'm intelligent, but that was all that really mattered to me. And, you know, honestly, when I left and I realized that it was over, that's when I started getting fat. That's when I started getting depressed. That's what, cause I was like, man, that's something I always want to do. And I'm never going to do it again. Let, I let, 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 let's talk about the weight loss because I'm, I battle with that all the time. I'm, I'm 240. Yep. I'm probably like five, okay. and a, five, 10 and a half, five, 11, um, 240. Five, 11. I'm five, 10. I, so you're, you're I started me. to weight lift again. So, you know, now I'm taking protein shakes and actually I was trying to lose weight. I, I started putting more on. Yep. Did your weight loss was that? Mm-hmm. I mean, did you start to change everything about what you did, what you put in the tank, or was the, was the workout just you started to lose weight and it was all about the the actual the training? Well, I'll start with this, and then I'll kind of tell you how my progression went. I wrote a blog about two three years ago. I um, in my younger days, so I had to leave school for financial reasons, and I was working in a gym, and I did that was my career until I was like twenty four twenty five. 
And then I went into something that's very similar and I started selling high-end microscopes and I did that for like 15 years. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but what, what I, I wrote this blog and it was right around this time of year. I said, okay, we're coming up on January 1st. Now we, you know, there's a bunch of snake oil out there in the health and fitness business whether it be workouts, diets, supplements, oh, yeah. like there's a lot of bullshit out there. They're just, you know, it's the old adage from poker, you know, never let a sucker keep his money. Like that's what it really is. <laughs> and, but what ends up happening is this new year's resolutions crowd, like I've made a lot of money off of it, but it's also like, okay, we've magically been around the sun one more time. And all of a sudden come Monday, you're going to fucking, you know, all the foods you know you're supposed to eat, it's going to magically be in your fridge and that's what you're going to eat. You know, you know you need to go to the gym and work out. You're magically going to go to the gym and work out. No, that's <laughs> not how this works. The problem is we try to do everything at once. And again, if I had tried to do everything at once, I'd have failed miserably and I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. For me, it was, I'm having a good time. And I lost 20 pounds on spec because you're in a judo gi in a warehouse in North Carolina in June, July, August. You, know you guys in Florida, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe you know some I fans mean, like, if you're lucky, right? Maybe some, yeah. some, some big industrial fans here and there. No, not at all. <laughs> no. And around November, I was like, man, I haven't lost any weight in a while. I was about 270. I'm like, did I plateau? Am I doing something wrong? And I went, hey, dummy, it's not a thousand degrees in here anymore. Right. And I hovered around like 260 ish till about my purple belt. And right about my purple, I was about 240. And that's when it really started to come off. Um, I really like when I played football, I loved lifting weights. Fucking love lifting. I love going in the gym. But then, A, the gym kind of became my career. And B, what's the purpose? Why am I doing this? A lot of like, I bump into a lot of guys who were athletes who they don't do shit anymore because why? Like, nobody's telling me to do it and I have no reason to improve. So, why am I going to do it? I became, you know, again, I, I, I say this and I say this kind of tongue in cheek, but I say it honestly, like I come from a family, three out of my four grandparents, my dad, two of his brothers are all alcoholics, like wow. bad. Mm. And I kind of use the science of addiction in my favor. I, you know, again, we were joking earlier, like Jiu-Jitsu Anonymous. Yeah, I'm mm. a fucking crackhead when it comes <laughs> to this. I'm not going to lie. But what I do is that is how I improve. Like, man, I did really well here. How can I make it better? Well, man, if I was a little lighter, I'd be a little quicker. Okay, well, let me, you know, let me do this. Let me do that. Let me do that. And it's not, you know, but the thing is, like, I, I do a shit ton of yoga now because I feel broken most of the time. But yoga has made me lean as hell. Um, made me strong as hell. You know what I mean? Um, I still lift and I'm having to adjust how I lift because I still lift like a goddamn meathead and it's not good for me. Yeah. <laughs> like I can do more. No, you shouldn't do more, but 
more weight than <laughs> like, I just, you know. Um, but I think what everybody misses is we get so concerned about the result. You know, as I said earlier, the you, if you're not in love with the journey of it, oh, like yeah. if you're not, you know, if you're not, if you're losing weight just to lose weight, that's kind of a like, you're not going to do it. If I'm losing weight to be like, as a goal to be better about, like, I've got friends who like, they just, they've never played a sport. They work out six days a week because they just like doing it. I mean, I understand it, but to me, it seems purposeless, but for them, it serves a purpose. Right. So now what, you know what I mean? So like, I, I tell all these guys, I'm like, you have to do it. You know, you, you have to, you have to assign a goal. You have to assign a purpose. You have to have a reason. And there's not everybody does that, right? Like in some ways I'm a really good goal setter. Like I know how to make the improvements over time, but like, if it's, I'm going to do this by this date, I'm way too like analytical and I'm be like, yeah, but what if this happens or I have to do this or that or that or that? <laughs> and I, oh, yeah. I'm not good at that. Yeah. But, you know, I tell my guys all the time, I'm like, what you need to be concerned about most is mat time. It's not about what competition, you know, like I've guys like, well, you know, some of the guys who I'm about to promote this weekend, they're like, well, I just don't really want to compete anymore as a white belt. I'm like you've done four tournaments. I'm like, I average eight to 10 a year and that's over my 12 years. And that I didn't do my first year. I did one. My second year I did two. And I only did like six this year because I've been trying to, you know, I'm, I still love competing, but I'm trying to transition out a little bit more because I'm trying to grow my school. I'm trying, you know, I just released my first video on fanatics. I'm trying to do these things where it's like, I can either be okay at all of them or something's got to take a backseat. Yeah. So, all right. Like I, I, man, I've, I've, I've kind of gotten my yayas out. I still have a few things I want to do from a competitive standpoint, but man, like I, I, enjoy it but yeah. you know I'm, I'm 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 on to other things and these guys you know they're like well i mean like you know this tournament i'm like you need mat time dude like a good like a good comp is a month of classes it just is i don't care what you say you know people tell you all the time you don't have you right you don't have to compete but a, if your goal is to be a competitor you have to compete i've I've talked with, you know, I've got some really good competitors that are around this area that are friends of mine, like high level guys. Um, I, you know, I've had the opportunity to speak with, you know, I have, you know, everybody has the story like, dude, I saw that band and like, nobody knew who they were. It was just me and the girlfriends. I've got a Gordon Ryan story like that. Like, you know, again, I've had the opportunity to talk to people. And I, the one thing I know is if you want to get good at something, you got to do it. So if you yeah. want to be a competitor, you got to fucking compete. You want to just do jujitsu and like, you know, have fun and be in class. Cool. I mean, again, like there, there's nothing wrong with any of it. It's what, 
I think the other problem is like, there's some people who are like, well, man, so-and-so is like, really wants to do this. Well, you're not so-and-so dude. Like (laughs) I'm lucky. I'm very fortunate. You know, I've been able to do what I've been able to do, but like I have friends of mine who I've been, you know, been my, you know, training partners since I've started who definitely have not been able to, but they've, you know, it's because they started a family. It's because they started a business. They did this, they did that. I can tell they're like, you know, like, man, I wish I could do that. And I'm like, I get it. Like, I fucking get it. But like, it wasn't in the cards for you. And there's no need to look down on that. Like you made your decision and honestly, it's working out well for you. So it took you longer to get your belt. You know, you didn't get to compete as much as you wanted to. So what? Like I tell my students all the time, I'm like, if you're running late to class, you have to miss a class because of work, family, grown up shit, dude. Be a grown up. Like I get it. I, I, you know, I have a work function tonight. I'm not teaching tonight. You know what I mean? I had a guy coming in from out of town that wanted to private from me, and I and I got stuck doing this work thing that I'm going to go to afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, it's grown. Yeah, I got two kids to feed. Like, yeah, it's grown man shit, right? How, do you feel? But, how, how far do you feel? You, if you don't mind me asking this, how no. far? We won't, we won't tell the boss. We won't tell your boss. <laughs> um, how how far do you? <laughs> how far do you feel? how far out do you feel you are from, from potentially just running your gym? Is it, is it close? I hopefully, I'm hopefully like within a year or two. Yeah. You know, um, I've got two kids. One's about to turn 18. It's my son. He actually, you know, basically runs my kid, you know, helps help me run my kid's program. Um, how old is he again? He's been training 17. He's 17 now. Okay. That's awesome. He's been training for 12 years. Wow. Yeah. He, and I mean, again, like, this is the thing that people don't understand. Like, you know, I don't know if anybody's heard the story Boucher should tell us about like almost quitting at purple belt because he thought he sucked. Yeah. You know, a lot of the, like the high level guys, like, you know, like I remember I've heard this from Tom, the blast. I've heard this from like Gary Tonin, Gordon, like they didn't do very well early on. I honestly, I think doing really well as like a white belt or even a blue belt is almost a curse. Um, Flash in the pan. They burn out. Well, they- it's, it becomes too easy. Like I've, I, I've seen like, I, you know, I've, I wrestled and my wrestling coach in high school before he was at my high school, he was at Lock Haven university, which is a division one program. And before he was at Lock Haven university, he was in the Soviet union. No <laughs> yeah. You know, you factor in judo and everything else. And let's face it. When you watch ultra heavies, especially at white belt and a blue belt, what fat guy ends up on top? The strongest fat guy winds up being on top, and then it's pretty much a boring match most of the time, right? <laughs> right. So my guys are going to be better at takedowns than most oh. other jujitsu schools yeah. because we we drill stand-up. We start every round from our feet unless we just don't have the room, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'll put it this way. One of my guys who I'm promoting this weekend, his last tournament, the only loss he had, the guy is still mad at him. <laughs> Do you know why? <laughs> took him down. Because Ryan, Ryan took him down twice, and he wrestled at NC State. Oh, wow. Oh. And my guy was a high school wrestler, kind of, but he was too fat and lazy to really do anything with it. And he took him down twice. Because, in, especially in the gi, Ryan's technique, and Ryan's a big fucker, don't get me wrong, but... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he's 285. Like, he is not a small man. But again, 
technique trumps. And I've had a lot of guys who they do really well at white belt. And then when they get to blue belt and everybody's a little better, it ain't that easy. That's like, that's why the, that's why there's the blue belt blues, right? There's that. And in all honesty, I feel like the, the generation, and I mean like American generation of black belts that is before me, especially in some of these smaller areas like North Carolina, for example, where you would travel hours to go train with a blue belt. A purple belt was kind of like a, you know, like there's a purple belt. <laughs> Brown belts probably didn't speak English. And you had to come up with some real cash to hopefully have somebody translate what you said to a black belt. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when they got their blue belt, it was a very big and accomplished thing. And it really was. But they still hold on to that. Like now, when you can throw a stone and hit a blue belt, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's not as big a deal. And I'm not saying it's still not an accomplishment because it is absolutely an accomplishment. But when you make something, especially that takes a year or two, such a big deal, and you realize you just climbed a foothill and the mountain is staring you in the face, that's kind of daunting to a lot of people. And so I tell my guys, I'm like, Blue belt is the easiest belt to get, and it's the toughest belt to get rid of. Because, like, I was a, I was a, blue, I was a white to blue was ten months, and that's with six six months of judo going in and cross training. So training six, you know, six days a week. Blue belt in ten months. I got my purple belt three years later. I was a purple belt for six or seven years. And purple belt by far was the toughest belt because that's kind of the belt where my instructor pushed me and like a lot of the other guys like out of the nest. And then you're like, we'd show up and take a class from him. I to school, my best friend who like, we both kind of like help him out, like do a lot of things for him. We both have our own schools and we show up and like, it was still always the same old stuff. He would answer questions. He was, you know, he's great about all that, but class wasn't for you. You were there to help him. He wasn't there to help you, but he, he would still help you and you would still pick up on stuff. And da, da, da. But it's not like, man, professor, I got stuck in spider guard last tournament. I need some help. Yeah, but they don't know how to break guard. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and I get that. And I, I, I agree with that. I actually think that's the right way to do it. Purple belt is that belt where you, man, like you're going to, you're going to, you're the competition gets really, you know, gets thinner, you know, and I eat better. And then now you have to figure it out and fucking like it can be tough, but it's also fucking great, man. Like that struggle is what makes you better. And a lot of people just like, you know, your shirt says embrace the suck. Yeah. You've got to fucking do that in this sport, man. It makes you so much better at everything. Bernie, give me a second. I'm going to shout out a couple of our sponsors, including uh, DD214 Fightwear. At DD214 underscore fightwear gear for patriotic rollers. Get 15% off your online order at DD214.com with code JJD. Always, as always, shout out to Flow and Roll at Flow underscore N underscore Roll on Instagram. Uh, if you're watching or listening in the month of December 2021, everything on the site has been reduced, so no discount codes. They've all been disabled. If you're listening January 1st, 2022 and beyond, the JJD Coupon code for 20% off will be back in effect. All right. So check them out on Instagram for 
their T-shirts, custom geese, no gi kits. They do incredible artwork. All right. Thank you to Feito IT and AV down here in South Florida, actually on, on the entire state of Florida. They specialize in com commercial and residential automation. So it's security cameras, CCTV. They hooked up my house really nice. I got them coming out doing new stuff all the time. And it's streaming yeah. in China now, your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Check them out at That's Feito. what I was watching on all my <laughs> Yeah, right. That was me taking a shower before. <laughs> at FeitoITAV.com. So it's F-E-I-T-O-I-T-A-V.com. Feito means like kind of like cute but ugly in Spanish. Uh, let them know the dummy sent you. Gym owners, take this new year. Get a new security camera or system put in your gym. Uh, especially in this current environment, be a good idea to uh, to update, and you can you know tell your the, your students' parents uh, how much you're going to take care or how well you're going to take care of their their kids. Shout out to the Troop Welfare Foundation. They're a veteran nonprofit dedicated to helping veterans find outlets to cope with PTSD, depression, anxiety, and other mental health issues through martial arts, physical training, recreational activities. You can check them out on Instagram at Troop Welfare Foundation, and their website is Troop Foundation excuse me, troopwelfarefoundation.org, and we're going to have a representative from the company or you know, from the organization uh, on one of the next two episodes. So, uh, so stay tuned. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share wherever you're watching or listening. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to click the bell. Thank you. Thank you, Bo. <laughs> and get <laughs> notifications each time we launch a new video. Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching. If you're enjoying the show, please help us thank our sponsor at Fight Back CBD. We couldn't do this without them. Head over to their website at fightbackcbd.com. Check out their growing line of CBD products and find the solution that's right for you. That's fightbackcbd.com. And get 20% off your purchase with discount code JJD. Also, check them out on social media at fightbackcbd. Now back to the show. <laughs> All right, let's get back after it. Uh, so, Vernon, so... Tell everybody the name of the school. I, I know you've mentioned Relentless a few times. Tell everybody the name yep. and, and where you locate exactly where you're located so people know where to find you. I'm, I'm in, uh, it's Relentless Martial Arts. We're in Monroe, North Carolina. Um, and then also I, I have, I'd be sad if I didn't give a shout out to Triumph uh, Fight Academy in Indian Land, South Carolina. I teach there a couple days a week as well too. Um, and actually the guys who, the guy who, who runs DD214 trains there as well too josh is a great guy josh yes cool. yes awesome yep. as a matter of fact he sent us a whole bunch of new stuff i got an yep. awesome new i was talking about it before i'm so comfortable yep. it's like you know I'm it's a hoodie but it's nice and light like a, like a t-shirt i feel so comfortable i told right you I, I told i'll take you, a little nap i told you i'm envious <laughs> of that that sweatshirt josh i, I mean see, uh, i'll see what Milton. i <laughs> <laughs> i'll see what i got in the bag i got some other stuff um so tell us a little bit uh, about the the competition side for you vernon uh, and, you know, you've mm -hmm. done fight to wins. You, you've talked about doing, you know, super fights, you know, what, what's your favorite organization to fight in and, and what's coming up next? Um, I fight to wins always been great. Um, I've done four for them, uh, all over. I did Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Scottsdale and Dallas. Um, and actually the one they did in Charlotte, my son did. And I, of course, had to miss it because my best friend since eighth grade was getting married that weekend. Oh, wow. So not only did I not get to compete on Fight to Win, I also missed my son's debut. Oh, uh, wow. Have you been able to fight on the, now, on the same card with him yet on, 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 at any event? Oh, yeah. We've, yeah. we've, done, that a, we've done that a good bit. That's awesome. Um, Toro Cup around here is really good. Pro Jitsu around here is very good. 
Um, there's a there's a newer up and coming one called CXBJJ. They just did an event um, in September in Kansas City. Okay. Um, I was I was the main event on that card. Um, they're going to be in Jackson, uh, pardon me, Greenville, North Carolina, January fifteenth. Um, I've got a matchup set for that. Poster will be out soon. Very cool. Tag um, us. I will we'll also have. Tag, tag us when you post it. We'll spread it. We'll, we'll put it out there. Too. Thank you. Um, I've got. And then um, actually the same weekend, I'm having to split my squad a little bit. I'm uh, the marketing director for Southeastern Sambo, and their regional championship is in Greensboro, North Carolina as well the same weekend. So I've got, you know, I've got one of my coaches, uh, the guy who runs Triumph, is going to take a squad up to that. And then I'm going to take a squad from both schools up to CXBJJ and compete on that card and then uh, kind of go from there. Um but I, you know, like what I, what I feel like I, the good news is like a lot of the local tournaments are all, you know, like AGF, I just ref for them. They do a really good job. Um, I, the guy who does Fuji in our area is a really good dude. I love, I love their stuff. Um, you know, I've worked with everybody else. I'm, you know, I'm a fan for the most part. Like, and I just tell my guy, the, the thing I hate and like, I hate it with an utter passion, at least in this area things tend to stack upon themselves like february 5th there's two events in north carolina and one event in south carolina they're all super fights all stuff all people i've worked with and are friends of mine and i'm like do we really (laughs) need to do this yeah i'm like come on y'all like it, it just it it sucks because like you'll go weeks and months without nothing. And then like four events within a month or like within two weeks. And I'm just like, you know, if y'all spread this out, it might work a little better, but (laughs) it's just, Uh, do you find that they're competitive? You're friends with everybody, but are they friends with each other where they can be, you know, coordinate a little bit like, Hey, I got an event Mm -hmm. that weekend. No, no, yeah, they tend to, I like, kind of knew the answer to that, but yeah, yeah, I'm not going to name names because I don't, I just don't believe in it. But there's certain organizations that will intentionally oh, yeah. stack oh. on top of other events. Oh, yeah, this used and, to happen in autocross. This yeah. used to happen, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like think about like, but I think the the smartest organization on the MMA side of things is Bellator. They do them on Friday nights. So it's like let's not compete with mm-hmm. the UFC. Why are we going to try to compete for this Saturday night audience? Well, let's do it on Fridays, you know, and, and it kind of had yeah. a different format for a while, but you know. Well, yeah. I mean, again, like the, my thing is this: there's enough to go around. There really is. Um, I do think, like you know, Charlotte tends to be a little tribal around tournaments. Like you know, these schools like this group, and these schools like that group. Personally, I'm like this. Frankly, they they end up being the same refs over and over again because the same upper belts end up refing. Like, let's just be honest here. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is, you know, like I work with tap cancer out. Like I've seen people try to stack events on top of tap cancer out, and, you know, a, I'm a brand ambassador B I believe in the cause. Cause you know, my mom has, you know, since 2017 has beaten lung cancer and something called MDS, which is like leukemia brought on by, um, you know, by chemo. And I'm like, oh, wow. I've had people like, well, I know they've got that this weekend, but why don't you? And I'm like, no. first of all, fuck off, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, I like I, yeah. I've never understood like I guess not everybody tends to be loyal, but like I remember hell when I first started selling microscopes, I had a camera rep. My brother is the one who got me into it, by the way. I was working with my brother. 
And he was basically talking shit about my brother to me. I'm like, you do realize that's my brother, right? We just don't <laughs> say, I know Kirk is kind of a common last name, but you do realize, I know we don't look a whole lot, but we're brothers. He's like, I know. I'm like, <laughs> dude, like, wow. Well, that is definitely whatever. Okay. I don't know what he's thinking. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, again, I guess I am me, but like, my big thing is, and I tell everybody this, I'm like, tournaments are there for improvement of your students. Um, I want my students, like I tell my students all the time, like I have rules for competing. And these are the rules I, I, I came up with because I had to do something for myself because, I mean, I've had panic attacks before matches. Like I, yeah. like, you know, my first, worst part. I, I competed. That, that weight. Well, hey, man. It's the worst part. The, the, the competing isn't the hard part. No, <laughs> it's, it's fucking a, waiting well, around yeah. and the, you know, the lead up and you know. I had a surgery back in 2016 on my shoulder. Only surgery I've ever had, knock on wood. And um I competed six months to the day of my surgery. And I completely I like my shoulder, like see how my finger is mm -hmm. like this? Okay. Well, this is what my shoulder looked like <laughs> after the accident. Okay. Ouch. And I competed six months of the day. I was working for somebody who basically were like, if you get hurt, you're fired. And <laughs> I drove in a hurricane to get there. Wow. And I won. The only other time I had a panic attack was before my first fight to win. And I'm just like, I'm in the locker room and I'm just like, and I walked out where I could get some decent cell signal. And I called my best friend, John Shell. He owns a gym up in Fuquay. We came up together in jiu-jitsu. I'm like, dude, I'm not supposed to be here. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm like the fifth match from the end. I'm the top line for judo. Fuck, that ain't supposed to be me. And he's like, <laughs> seriously? I'm like, yeah, I, 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 I got to go. And he's like, shut the fuck up. Stop being a bitch and go strangle him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do, you, do you think that's like... Which a, I did. A, that's, all, that's awesome. Do, do you think that that's like... I guess they call it like the imposter syndrome. Do you feel like oh, yeah. in that moment, oh, it's I, like, like you said, like, what the fuck am I doing here? Why? Like me? Well, uh, why not you? You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, that it's taken me a long time to understand that. Like my first, so every like I love Seth Daniels and what he's done. For, like, I hate judo, the like sport. Like, I don't like the rules. I don't like the politics, the martial art. I love like, Judo has been my cheat code in a lot of ways. Okay. But what Seth Daniels has done and like the rule set he has is fucking amazing. For judo, but, for the judo matches? Correct. Specifically. Okay. But but what I'm going to say is he was not the first person to do that. I don't know if you I don't know if you remember Kudo Challenge out of Atlanta. No. So the one I did was in 2017. Um Ruben Alvarez, he's the one who's a cop down in Miami now, right? Yes, yeah, we've been trying to have him on, man. We every time something yeah, somebody's car so breaks down or something happens, but yeah, I know. Ruben. I, I met Ruben him Alvarez at that event. He won the absolute. Quentin Rosenzweig took third, and Daniel O'Brien. I mean, Quentin Rosenzweig took second. Daniel O'Brien took third, and he did it blindfolded. And that was all over the place because he did it blindfolded. Um, but. I'm sitting there like they're looking like we're doing these mixed rules judo thing. And I'm like, okay, sounds like my, you know, I'm a, 
purple belt in BJJ. I've been a black belt for a couple of years in judo. And I'm thinking it's going to be dudes like me, right? Like, oh, yeah, I do judo too. This will be fun, right? Two Olympians, like another couple of <laughs> another guy on the card who's out of Atlanta, who was ranked second in the country behind Travis Stevens. Like, fuck. And it's paid. Put me up in this nice hotel, eight mats going in the Cobb County Civic Center. And if you grew up like in pro wrestling like I did, and you know all about the Cobb County Civic Center, and eight mats, unless there's a super fight going, and then there's only two people on them eight mats, and they announce my opponent, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, okay. He is 44 years old, and he has been doing judo since he was 14. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Didn't have a good day. Didn't have a good day. But, like, it was those types of things where it was like, hey, dude, like, you deserve to be here. It's It almost feels wrong to say sometimes. Like, I'm like, well, I mean, have I? Like, have I really? And I'm like, look, I, I get there's a lot of people who have way more time in it than I do. I know that. But I've, you know, I have trained six, seven days a week for the past, you know, 11, 12 years. Um, I have, you know, I, I had my shoulder surgery, you know, I had my, I had my first competition back post soldier shoulder surgery, October 7th, 2016. I have competed in maybe 60, 70 events, had over a hundred matches since that day. By the way, I turned 40 in that time. Span. I've, you know, I've been promoted. I've done a ton of shit and I'm like, I, I deserve it. And again, it can be a hard thing to say sometimes like, man, I deserve this. Like, you don't want to be a cocky shit. You don't want to be one of these guys, you know, that's like flexing, like, yeah, bro. I like, I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to not be humble, but I'm also like, man, I've, I've really worked hard and why not me? Yeah. Why not? And it's, it's funny because like you see guys and they're like, these blue belts are like, man, I'm a, you know, I don't, like I've I've done a lot of matchmaking for super fights, and some of the shit people will say to you and the cockiness they'll have. Like I was setting up an event back in nineteen, and this dude starts messaging me. And first of all, he starts changing all of his jitsu pictures on his Facebook page to like jujitsu shit. But it's two thousand nineteen. He hasn't competed since two thousand fifteen. He's telling me this is, he's not training at a, re, a school regularly, and this is supposed to be his comeback. And by the way, the name of the event is Pro Jitsu. What's the first word in that title? <laughs> okay. This fucker tells me his biggest accomplishment is beating somebody I've never heard of, and we live in the same state. Okay. Okay. And then he starts talking shit to me. Like, would you know, like, he said, I forgot what he said. He's like, well, who the fuck? He said, he goes, who the fuck are you? And I've never said this in my life and I will never say it again. <laughs> but I was so fucking pissed. I went, how about this? Google me, motherfucker. How about that? That's who the fuck I am. <laughs> I said, tell you what, I got a match on the card. I'll have another one with you. How about the fuck that? <laughs> and then I got blocked. <laughs> Bitch ass. Uh, uh, like, oops. We lost, we lost your picture, we, Vern. Okay. You go. you're good. Oh, no, you're good. My bad. Okay, right back. No worries. My bad. My bad. Um, but yeah, like 
again, like I, the, the event I did in Kansas city, um, they gave me my, you know, like, Hey, we're going to fly you out. Like we're going to pay you like da da da. And I was like, damn. Okay. And then they told me my opponent's name. Never heard of him. I type it into the Google machine. You know, the first thing that popped up was his BJJ heroes page. <laughs> wow. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> right on. Yeah. And he ended up getting hurt. And I ended up going against one of his students who fought like Bellator, the UFC, like, <laughs> lost the ref's decision. But you know, they came up to me afterwards. Like how long have you been training? I'm like 12 years. Like consistently. I'm like, no, I started 12 years ago. Damn. You know, I, um, I, I did Nogi Pans and I lost in the finals of my weight class to um, Shu Cal, who is, he's the head coach at ATT Atlanta. Um, the, um, who are the brothers, Diego and um, Diego Lima and Douglas Lima. Mm-hmm. He's their coach. Um, if you ever seen them, you've, you've seen the movie Warrior with Tom Hardy, right? Yes. Okay. So you know how his brother is like a last minute replacement. There's this really big buff, you know, like darker Brazilian guy that he replaces. Yeah. That's Jucal. Okay. Jucal won ADCC trials in Brazil in 2001. I didn't know any of that. <laughs> and he manhandled me. Wow. Like he put me in a body triangle rolling out of bounds and they reset us with me belly down in a body triangle. <laughs> Why even restart it? That's the worst. I like the worst restart ever. <laughs> oh, it fucking blew. So I come up to him looking for him because I want to sign up for absolute because I'm not happy and I want to get some more matches. And truth be told, like I, full disclosure, I'm not going to be an asshole about it. Like I had an eight man bracket and my half of the eight man bracket didn't show up. So I basically had to bind to the finals anyway. So, you know, it's kind of a paper silver. And, um, I, uh, he looks at my rash and he goes, you who bone guy. My, my instructor is who bow, who bow. And I go, yeah. And he hugged me. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm not comfortable with that. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, man, when I first come to the U S man, who bow, he takes such good care of me. He is such, you have such a good instructor. He's such a nice guy. And I'm like, thank you. And again, still don't know who this motherfucker is who just beat my ass. CJ Murdoch and Sean Applegate walk up to me a little later, like, man, you drew your cow in the finals. I'm like, yeah. And CJ just kind of hugged me and he goes, that man put one of the worst beatings on me I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> a few days later, I'm on video with my instructor and I'm like, hey, professor, yeah. He's like, wait, you say you go against Zhu Cow in the finals? And I go, yes, sir. And he goes, did not go well for you, did it? Dead <laughs> <laughs> ass. I'm like, no, it did not, Professor. It's okay. He's a tough guy, man. He's tough. <laughs> hey, I, I got a question real quick about, again, I, I heard you talking on, on a podcast. Uh, I love the North-South, yep. and you talk about the North-South. I think your, 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 BJJ, your BJJ Fanatics video, is there like a, is it part one and part two? Do you have a part one and part two? Do you have something well, out there no, about, this about part, North-South? So. I called it when judo and jiu-jitsu converge. Okay. Um, and this is part one. And so I started with Nawaza, you know, ground stuff instead of top because I, okay. I, I wanted to kind of do it. I've got some takedown stuff. I'm already going to, you know, I'm going to be doing with them as well. Um, I, 
you know, honestly, like we, we were supposed to film three videos that weekend and we didn't do it in Boston. We did it at my friend John's Academy. We only got two done. So we still need to do John's video. We did mine. And then the third one we were going to do, my instructor had a massive stroke back in 17. Oh, wow. And wow. he still doesn't get along, you know, around that well. And so what John and I did is we took, he, we have what we call the big four drills. These are four drills that we have taken and we've kind of adapted a little bit too to, to fit us, but they are what I call the foundation of our jujitsu. Like I tell my guys, I'm like, you need to be able to do these four drills. And we basically did our own takes on them. I just haven't had a chance to go through it and like fill out all those stuff for it. Like, you know, like, you know, make all the time stamps and all that stuff. I'm hopefully going to be doing that over the next week, but we're going to be releasing that on fanatics as well too. And all the money is going to him. Like John and I aren't seeing a damn dime of it. Like it's just, you know, it's kind of um, our tribute to him. But uh, yeah, so like my video is you start inside. So think about this way. When you're a white belt, you're a blue belt, especially as a bigger guy, but even as a smaller guy, if you get the side control, you're probably going to finish the match, right? But around blue belt, it starts to get trickier. By the time you're like a brown belt, like you ain't finishing nobody from side control. Like it just ain't happening. Like, unless it's just some sort of mismatch or oddity or like, you you know, whatever. But so I've always used, like, if I can get the side control, I'm going to finish you. And I'm either going to finish you from Case Katami, you know, like the scarf old headlock, whatever you want to call it. Or I'm going to finish you from North South. North South Kimura, hands down, like I keep a, I have a spreadsheet that I keep of, and it's pretty much every match I've ever done. Um, for the most part, it's pretty accurate. Like I started doing it in 2016, pre 2016. It's, you know, 90, 95% accurate post it's hundred percent accurate, but my number one finish hands down, like three to one is the North South Kimura. And it comes down to really, you know, a, how I move and how I think about the position, but what cemented that for me is not only like the drills that my instructor taught because one of them is a, is a my, my instructor was a judo black belt way before he was ever a jiu-jitsu black belt and so not only that but like i remember going to a seminar back in 2013 or 14 from a man named sensei nick Lowe, who passed away a few years ago but he was the head of uk judo like you know, british judo and I show, he, he, they showed up late, so it started at 10 instead of 9. And I left at 5.30 in the evening, and it was still going. And for that, I paid the whopping price of $25. Um, and lunch was included. <laughs> um, <laughs> but one of the things that really... We did a lot of North-South work, or Kamishi Yogatami. And one of the things that really stuck out to me is when he said this. He, gets, he had the really cool British accent, like big buff, bald headed black dude. Like he was, he, I love Sensei Nick. He was such a good dude. He goes, you know, what I don't understand about all these judokas out there is <laughs> there are w- more ways to win on the ground in a Nawaza than there is in Tachiwaza. But none of these bloody fools will work on Nawaza. Why? <laughs> I'm like, well, I do, but I see your point. And we're going over north south, and he goes, okay. If you have me in, um, God damn it, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's the judo term, os- osaikomi, which means you have them pinned because you can win by pinning judo. If I'm an osaikomi, what is your number? You know, if I'm, if I'm trapped, what is my number one weapon to escape? 
my hips. If I can get my hips under your hips, I can get out. Where are my hips furthest from your hips? Kami Shihogatami. And I'm like, huh. Digest, digest. Mm-hmm. Okay. 2017, Marcelo Cohen came to my gym and did a seminar on, I'm sure this will shock everybody, on the Kimura. <laughs> and he showed the North South. <laughs> yep. And he showed the North South Kimura. Huh. Huh. Two weeks later, the guy who basically organized it, the seminar for me, who you know knows Marcelo really well, he's the guy who puts on pro jitsu. We went against each other at a local tournament, and I beat him with the North South Kimura. And um, as we're walking off the mat, he looks at me and he goes, "I'm really glad we had Marcelo come to your gym and teach you that, Vernon." I'm like, "Yeah, me too." <laughs> so, wait, so just give, give me a visual for a second. I do North South all the time. Where where is your body? I mean, it's hard to just explain a position like that. But when you're you're North South, are you kind of you know, when I do the North South, you know, I, I try to go for the old Marcelo Garcia, you know, the choke, the, the North South choke. Are you above the body? It's like kind of your stomach over their face or are you higher? Are you more disconnected? Are you higher? There, up? Even if I'm going to do the more Marcelo choke and I actually teach a little bit of that in my DVD, um, I actually mm-hmm. do the Jeff Monson version of it that I really like. Um, but what I tell everybody is this. There's a great match. And I'm going to preface this by saying the man is way more accomplished than I will ever be. You know what I mean? Again, but like I've, you know, again, that doesn't mean I'm not right, you know, wrong in this situation. I watched a match on Quintet. It was like 2019. It was between Gio Martinez and Satoshi Ishii. If you don't know who Satoshi Ishii is, um, gold medalist, 2008 judo in the Olympics at ultra heavyweight. He's also fought professionally for quite a while. And Satoshi had Geo in that north-south Kimura position for quite a while. Like I'm talking a couple of minutes. And I know Geo is made of rubber. Like I understand these things. <laughs> but Geo was able to keep putting his back on his on the mat. Why? Because what everybody forgets about in that position is they're so hell-bent on the arm that has the Kimura that they forget about the other arm. Honestly, like if I'm coming from side control, I don't give a fuck about what you do. Like I'm going to try to isolate it and make it easy on myself as possible, but I don't give a fuck what you do with the hand I'm attacking. If I can get my weight and my shin across your opposite bicep, okay, I'm going to finish. So now, it now may that not you be said the- that, now, now I see the positioning that you're in. I wasn't sure if you were like more, you're coming yep. from like, well, like a north, northwest or northeast kind of, right? Like, so a, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, higher. Okay, in right. the video, it's called yeah. northwest. All right. And so what I do is, and the, but see, the thing is, I step, like, when I come from that position, right, I, I plant my, I step over the head like you normally do for a Kimura, but a lot of people just stay there. I drive mm-hmm. my knee to the mat and into your back. Like, I want to pinch on your head as hard as I can. And I'm thickalicious. So it makes my life a lot easier. <laughs> that, sounds like and, a that sounds like a t-shirt idea, Bo. Oh, dude, I got a couple. <laughs> yep. And um, so it makes it, because again, like if I can't get the Kimura, cool. I have something I call the Super Kimura. I have wrist locks. I have a bunch of different options. And plus I have a bunch of stuff with grip breaks. So I'm not worried about it. 
it's you know it's the line from um remember the titans it's like novocaine just give it time you know what i mean like that's all it is (laughs) and i really love that position because the other thing is it's like this i love jiu-jitsu like it is my shit like i don't even like i i grew up football was my shit and for years after, like, usually, like, if, like, when I stopped playing baseball, I stopped giving a fuck about baseball. When I stopped playing basketball, I stopped giving a fuck about basketball. Football stuck with me up until jiu-jitsu, and it's been kind of replaced. You know what I mean? And, but, like, I'm going to be honest here. If you watch Gee Worlds at Black Belt, kind of boring. Like, you sit there and... It's two dudes tugging on each other's clothes and hopefully one of them gets the advantage and that's the end of it. And what that really is to me, and again, it's more mindset than it is anything else. It's like, okay, I know you're doing this, so I'm going to do this counter and everybody knows that counter. So you're doing that counter. So I'm going to do this. And it goes back and forth. And it's either if somebody makes a mistake or what, when the matches get exciting or is when somebody either like I'm countering you, but I'm doing it in a weird way, or I'm going to something that you haven't seen before or something like that. Those are the matches that get interesting. Now, because of my, I'm about a 50, 50 fighter. Like I'm, I win some, I lose some, like I'm better, like I'm better like judo, you know, Sambo gi than I am no gi, but I love no gi. Um, but 75% of my matches, judo, jujitsu, sambo, gi, no gi, whatever, end early. Because I'm coming with some weird shit. Because if I'm losing, I'm defending, I'm doing my thing. But let me ask you an honest question. What's the difference between a loss by advantage and a loss by tap? Both losses, they're both fouls. Right. So if I got that L... You know, like I like there's some things I do where it's like I know I'm putting myself into a bad position to get out of a bad position, but I'm confident in my defense from there. And most of the time, like, you know, most of the time it works out in my favor. Sometimes it don't. But you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd much rather give myself a better chance to win than sit there and gut it out and let the th- and let the clock run down. Yeah. I'm not afraid of losing. I'm not afraid of you know, oh, I tapped. Yep, I tapped. It happens. Yeah. You know, it's jiu-jitsu. You're going to get another match. Like, that's life. You know what I mean? I was having so, a conversation with somebody last night kind of kind of in line with that where he was, I was mounted on him, and he was asking me after Clay's white belt, so he's asking me, like, how do I get yeah. out from this? And I didn't do, I wasn't, I wasn't attacking him the way, he has been attacked when we drill. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in brown belt. I'm, I'm attacking in a different way. I have a whole different game. I'm not keeping my legs under him. I have my legs on top of his legs. I'm mounted, but yep. I'm sitting completely on top of him, like in a crouch position, and he, nobody's ever done that to him. He said, how do I get out from that? I said, you know, you've got to put yourself, you got to take a little bit of a risk and maybe go to your side, right? You have to maybe try to scoop a leg. you got to shrimp. You maybe shrimp out from under me before I get my legs on top of you because I'm going mount, I'm going neon. I'm going to neon belly, and then I'm going to actually go north south. I'm, I actually want to yep. finish in the north south. So I, I'm just climbing. I'm climbing you. If you don't move in those three transitions, you're done. So it's kind of like right. you know, I told, you know, the, this a lot of jujitsu. You know, you the uh, the winds 
come in those transitions, right? Somebody moves, like you said, you, you put something out there. Maybe you want to bait me. Maybe I'm baiting you. But one of us has got to take the bait to move to that next step or we're just laying on top of each other. You know, well, and it really is, is grab like, ass, like, uh, like Mike did well said. Well, no, look, you got well, it, well, here's what I call it. I call it Princess Bride Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> you ever seen the, you've seen the yeah, movie, I've right? Seen the movie. <laughs> so the opening scene when they're, when, um, when they're sword fighting, I see you're using Capafeo. Is that because of the rocky terrain? <laughs> like that is how a lot of it is. Yeah. You know what I'm going to so, do? We, and, we both, we're both playing the same game taught by the same person. But he was like again. He and he's he's going to be a very you know tall kid and tall man. Yeah. And uh, and you know he's he's pretty big. And I usually teach the big guys when if I have the opportunity not to coach but to like if I'm rolling with them and they ask yeah. me questions, I'm always going to tell a big guy. Listen, North South is going to be your best friend because of your size. Because guess what? Mm-hmm. How many times? Uh, I even ask you, how many times have you learned the defense to somebody going North South on you? It's. I, I don't, I've, to this day, I haven't. Nobody's taught me how, how do you defend somebody from side control going to the top other than shrimping, getting out, catching a leg, right? If you could move fast enough and go north-south, there's, people just don't know what to do with it. So I was telling well, him again, transitions and do something that people aren't going to expect. Well, and that's exactly my point. Like, so my, f- my favorite thing to finish most people with, besides that Kimura, is that dinky little arm bar from Case Kitab. <laughs> push the arm down trap it with your legs yeah i do it like but here's the thing i still catch people with it everybody's like you're not catching me with that bullshit <laughs> oh, okay oh, yeah. because <laughs> here's but again here's the difference most people sit out to north south i mean the case of tommy and then they attack the arm bar when i've landed in case Tommy, your arm is already across my leg i'm attacking as i transition that's what makes it effective. But I've worked, and honestly, I didn't know I did that. I was teaching that as a purple belt when I had my own school. One of my guys goes, how do you do that? Mm, how the fuck do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you're saying that right there, because again, part of our conversation last night was then, you know, he, he was kind of like, I was trying to tell him you're going to get there. And then I started talking to him about the invisible jujitsu that like Hicks and Gracie talks mm-hmm. about. It's just like riding bike. Like I know I could ride a bike. I don't know how I'm balancing. It's practice, right? I practice, so I balance. It's the same thing with the jujitsu. If you're not a coach, but you you, know, you could be a really good jujitsu player, you're not a coach. You may not know how to tell somebody how to do something that you do, but you know you know how to do it. You could do it yep. just because the muscle memory, essentially, that invisible jujitsu really means it's muscle memory. You can close your yep. eyes and do that move. That's the invisible jujitsu. So, you know, again, I was imparting that on him as well. He's a, he's a grown man, but he's new to jujitsu. So, well, uh, you know, he's asking a lot of questions and I'm happy to, to answer them. And, and that was my answer. Like, look, it's going to come. Your body is going to get used to doing something in a certain way. If you decide to coach at some point, then you're really going to know how to effectively tell somebody how to do what you just did. Whether you're on a mat or sitting at a bar having a drink, you could explain it to somebody. But if you're not a coach, somebody... you. How many times have I had to say, hold on, let's come here. Let me grab you. Let me show you. This is the way I got to show you. I may not always be able to verbalize it to somebody because I haven't coached since I was a white belt helping out my, my coach in my gym, you know? So, well, and that's the thing. And like, I, you know, I say this all the time and you know, everybody always wonders why does it take so long to get a black belt in jujitsu? And so the way I describe it is this: like you take me and my son. Okay. My son is five, seven, 
and on a heavy day, and I'm not bullshitting when I say this, he's 117 pounds. Wow. He's a skinny little fuck. <laughs> now, first of all, I could name names of some world champions guillotines I've been in that are over 200 pounds. My son squeezes harder. Really? Wow. What's his name? Because he's Twigs? fucking <laughs> bony. Twigs. <laughs> bony. I don't let the little fucker have my neck anymore. Like my joke in class, and I, I mean, I honestly don't mean it, but my joke in class is look, I'm training sharks to bite me. One day you will all be better than me, except for Liam. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> yep. And, oh, man. You know, like, I, I tell you, look at the two of us. First of all, you're not going to think it's my kid, but. You know, we went on Maury once. It's all good. Um, I was going to say, what does the postman look look like, man? <laughs> but um, if we we're taking karate, right, and we were to throw a punch or a kick, it should look roughly the same. Like, you know, certain physical attributes or, you know, minuses or, you know, whatever else. But for the most part, a punch should, you know, we should both throw a punch in roughly the same way, we should both throw a kick in roughly the same way. Certain things we do when we defend or how we move is going to vary a little bit person to person, but for the most part, like from a technical standpoint, everything should be basically the same, right? Okay, the breaking mechanics of an arm bar are always the same, right? Like for everybody involved, breaking mechanics are the same, but arm bar from guard how you get to those breaking mechanics might be very different for you than it is for me, than it is for this guy, than it is for him. So my arm bar from guard may look totally different from his arm bar from guard. So first of all, you have to figure out how that you're going to do that with your body, like with all of its pluses, all of its minuses, all of its girth or lack of girth in his case, like whatever the case may be. Right. <laughs> so there's that. Relax. So first you have to figure that shit out after you've already figured out breaking mechanics. Then you have to figure out how to do it to somebody who really doesn't want you to do it to them. And that's one technique. That's just one version of the arm bar. And then people wonder why it takes at least 10 years to get most of the time to get a black belt in shit suit. And, and, how, a lot and, how of shit. Many, and how many black belts do we talk to here that say, I really started to, my a game really elevated when I got the black belt. You know, the things that Correct. I started to do, the things that I would learn, you know, look, it doesn't, it's not like black belt. All right, I'm done. I always have the joke, learned all the jujitsu. I've learned all the jujitsu moves. That's it. There's no more jujitsu for me to learn. It, it doesn't happen. The belt is just the color. The journey continues on way beyond that. Uh, you so looking just, forward to it. Oh, like, look, man, I, I give you a perfect example. A buddy of mine's got a gym down in South Carolina named Brian Edwards. Got his black belt a couple of years ago. Goes to Masters Worlds, wins his first match by sub. Yeah, I'm on top of the world. You know who his next, next match was against? Who? Oh. Zanji or Salo. Salo Hibeto? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you do? That man's been a black belt for over 20 years. You've been training for 10. Well, we're both black belts, right? Yeah. <laughs> every my coach says for every level, there's another level. Dude, I, my, we're under, like, my instructor is a six degree black belt from Rio. Um, originally got his black belt from one of Carlos's seniors' oldest sons. We are under Joe Moreira right now, who is an eighth degree black belt. 
you know, red and white belt, I should say, you know. Um, and Joe was just doing a seminar at our place. And he literally did it on the cross collar choke and what I call the scruff choke, like where you reach over and grab instead of like, you know, hand inside. Yeah. I've known those chokes since I was a fucking white belt. And I, they've never been shit for me. <laughs> I'm working with a, the guy who my drilling partner was that day is also a black belt, black belt, BJJ, black belt in judo, black belt, in American combat, jiu-jitsu, master combatants instructor in the army and the Sambo Federation that I'm the marketing guy for. He runs and owns. Wow. And I grabbed that little scruff choke just from a little shift in position and what Joe showed. And I hadn't even really like done much with the yet. He tapped. I'm like, don't make it easy. And he goes, fuck that. That was nasty. <laughs> oh, those details, uh, those tiny little things, right? Mm-hmm. It's so crazy, right? Dude, it amazes me about awesome. You I mean, again, like the stuff I'm really good at, like, there's a lot of people who tell you you're wasting your time learning that. Maybe. You know who said it best? Daniel Tosh. <laughs> <laughs> The Daniel, he had a bit. <laughs> yeah, the comedian. He had a bit. He goes, you know, Andy Warhol said everybody gets fifteen minutes minutes of fame, but that's an average. It's not an aggregate. It's not like fifteen, fifteen, fifteen. And then he just starts pointing at the audience. He goes zero, 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 zero. <laughs> Twenty five years, zero, zero, zero. But that's when somebody yeah. says that's a low percentage technique. You, yeah, may not be for me, but again, that's what makes this great. That's what makes this fun. There's things that like a triangle is one of the best chokes in jiu-jitsu. I'm 5'10", and I've got big fucking legs. I am not like I've got I've got great technique when it comes to a triangle. Good luck holding somebody there, like getting myself in position. Like that's actually what I'm working on right now, more just because I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. This isn't kicking my ass. But shit ain't easy. Just because of how I'm built. But like my son, like guillotines for a long time were my thing. Little fuckers had a nasty guillotine since he was ten. Like <laughs> it's just it's what you have. You know, and what that's I, what I, makes this great. It's like a tarantula. What I, what I started to do, <laughs> I hit one yesterday, and because um, I hate triangles as well, I I'm yep. just like, you know, if somebody can get, I, my, I have a bad lower back, so if somebody stacks me, then you know, and then I'm letting go, and then I'm like trying to. I'm worried about the back and not about the the finish. Yeah. But now I'm I'm looking at mounted triangles. A big guy like me sitting on somebody's chest and getting on a nice triangle, lifting that like like ah, this is gonna this will be my triangle. But you know, but I'm not you know I'm not compromised uh, with uh, the potential of a stack. You know, maybe they could sweep and hopefully I'll get better at it. But I said, oh well, maybe this is gonna be my version of, of the triangle. What's gonna work for me? So and my coach teaches it a lot. So. So I'm finally like, okay, wait a minute. This is this is it. This is probably the one for me. So let me. Uh, no. I, know, I know you have an event tonight, but I, I look, I've got a speed round. Okay. We're going to go through some questions here. We'll go to. You can elaborate if you like. We can go By fast way, uh, yep. as well. My but, my first instinct, if you sat on me, is just a visceral scream. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to be the last scream because you're going to have no no uh, air left in I'll your scream lungs. Scream like to a scream little again. girl, man. Just, <laughs> well, a, what my, you know, what my favorite type of triangle is a mounted triangle. I'm actually kind of good with those. Yeah. But B, 
you know, when you squeal, then I just whisper in your ears. Squeal like a pig. Come on. <laughs> okay, now I'm scared. All right, so speed round. <laughs> Vernon, uh, gee or no gee? What's your preference? Love gee. Way better at it. But I really wouldn't pick. Because um, yeah. I love no gee. I'm just, I'm much better front headlock and standing with a gee on. And I'm just not as good at those positions, Nogi, but I love Nogi. Nogi is so much fun. I think I think I know the answer to this next one because you were talking about your your uh, your students before, but take down a pull guard. Oh, I, Ranger Up has a t-shirt. So have you ever seen the meme? So I do a lot of memes, and <laughs> my first meme went completely viral. No clue what a watermark was. You've probably seen it, and ADCC stole it from me. It was after that Gordon Ryan story, like, you know, nobody was there but the band. Um, you ever seen the one? It's like Anakin, and he's turning to the dark side and says, the first time you hit a heel hook, you truly feel the power of the dark side. <laughs> I can't say if I, I, I've had to have seen it at some point, yeah. Yep. So that was, I made that right after that seminar, and ABCC stole it like two months later. Um, but I had, I made a shirt from the dude, a uh, meme from the dude from Vikings. It says, you don't get the Valhalla by pulling guard. I've seen um, that one, yeah. Yeah, yep. I just so, realized, I just asked a judo black belt if he take take down a pull guard. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's on my list. I, I screwed up. No, you're good. But when I was prepping for my first fight to win, Nick from Ranger Up, who is all-army judo, comes down to help me. And they were making a lot of Viking shit at Ranger Up. And I said, hey, have you seen that shirt? I mean, that, that meme? And he goes, oh, we have a shirt coming. I said, you know who made that motherfucker, right? <laughs> That's kind of how we started sponsoring me. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite competitor to watch? Uh, it's hard because I have friends too, right? Like Marcelo yeah. Cohen is a friend. Um, I've, you know, I've Gordon Ryan probably wouldn't know me if I walked up to him, but I've, <laughs> you know, I've actually gotten to ref one of his matches. Um, but I'm actually going to say my, my, one of my favorites just because of his attitude and the way he is about shit is Gary Tonin. Mm-hmm. I love oh, Gary wow. Tonin. It's so smooth and effortless, man. You watch him and it's just like, yep. it's just like, and you can tell he just doesn't give a fuck. We have it's an early interview. Beautiful. It's like, ah, you got me here. Fuck you. Oh, you're up on points. Watch this. Fuck you. Wow. I love it, man. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Yeah, we got that early interview with him. Yeah, uh, one of my co-hosts uh, went down to a competition and uh, down here in Miami and uh, and and interviewed him, Gordon Ryan, his girlfriend, that, yeah. the whole the whole crew. Yep, uh, like was something that was cool. Like, like, no press really could cool. get in because like the, something happened down here and the bridges were up and then they couldn't get to the to the to the uh, the venue. It was crazy. Uh, what, what's your ultimate goal? in the world of jujitsu and Hey, we could throw judo in there, but what's your ultimate goal in, in this whole thing? I mean, my goal with most things in life is just to leave it better than I found it. Like I, you know, here's the thing I, I say to people all the time. I'm like guys like Gordon, Gary, like all these really high level guys, man, it's really cool. Like I'm, I'm a huge fan. Like, I mean, I've, you know, I just did a Dean Lister seminar and I fucking fanboyed out on that shit. Like I had, I brought with me a DVD that I bought in 2014 of his catch leg system. And like, I mean, I, the night before I'm sitting there drinking a beer with Dean Lister and I'm like all giddy and shit. (laughs) But the one thing that I want to kind of impart to most people and what I will, what I hope this does is say, you know, quit putting limits on yourself. Like, 
this is a tool that can change your life if you let it and fucking use it use it for yeah. what it's there for and that is what i hope to contribute so what's the i, I love that answer by the way because I, I feel that way about a lot of things in my life you know it's like i don't have to be the best but if i can contribute to it a little bit like you said leave it a little bit yep. better and the next guy can you take seen, that and move, uh, it, move it down the field a little bit more i i had this thought and um you know, I, I'm really good at taking shitty movie quotes and tying them to big moments in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and when I first found out that fanatics accepted me, um, you ever seen the movie airheads? Yes. Came out in 1990. I know the name. I'm not sure if I remember. Okay. It was a shitty band that basically takes over a radio station and the, yeah, the band no, no, is yeah. Brendan Fraser yeah. <laughs> and Adam Sandler. And there's this one scene, he's sitting there talking to the DJ, who's Joe Mantegna, and he goes, why are you doing this? And he goes, you know what? I'm just fucked up and average enough where I can write a song that lasts forever. And after that, it doesn't matter anymore. And that's kind of how I feel about a lot of this. <laughs> I like that. All right. What's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you on the gym or at a competition? On the mats, let's say. On the mats. Um, uh, there's some fun ones. Um, I haven't had like a whole lot of crazy, crazy. Like a lot of that has been more off the mat <laughs> type of thing. Um, one that to this day cracks me up. Um, had a guy walk into my gym who he was like, 200 pounds, definitely on some um, acai. And acai and Jesus. That's right, baby. And um, look, you know, I take TRT. I'm, I'll be the fucking, I'll tell you that up front. I don't care. But um, he was like, oh, I'm going to be the, you know, the same spiel. I'm going to be the next ultimate fighter and blah, 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 blah. Um, I almost, ended up really fucking him up because he started rolling with my son. This is a few years ago. My son was like 14 and he shot in on my son, tried to pick him up. My son locked on a guillotine and he started thrashing and my son let go because he knows better and didn't want to get hurt. And he got mad and I walked up to him and I'm like, what's your fucking problem? Man, that kid, you know, he just, I'm like, what? He grabbed a hold of your neck like we're supposed to be fucking doing here? Are you mad that a fucking 14 year old that's 100 pounds almost put you to sleep with all that fucking steroids running through you? Man, fuck you. Fuck me. Get the fuck out of my gym. What are you going to do if I don't? Fucking put your ass to sleep and drag you out. How about that? I'm going to jujitsu you. <laughs> you got jujitsu I mean, by my son. <laughs> My my favorite thing I've ever done on the mat, I had a student who he was like six foot, 300 pounds, local cop, and he had started his law enforcement career in Mexico. Mm, nice. Yeah. And um, that's the minor I'm leagues down there, right? To, uh huh. Uh, I'm rolling with him the first time, and I took his back. Seen the movie, you'll know the reference. And as I started to sink the choke, and I went, Don't look at me. Don't look at me, little puppet. <laughs> I don't know the movie reference. You know that movie reference, Bob? Yeah. I don't know that. 
but that's okay. Eighties <laughs> like uh, Mexican gang movie called American Me. American. And, oh wow! Yeah. And um, oh there's this, there's these two brothers, Big Puppet and Little Puppet. And Big, I forget the reason why. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But Big Puppet has to kill Little Puppet, and so he comes up behind him with like you know like the piano wire and is like choking him. And the kid's like freaking out. He's like, "Don't look at me! Don't look at me, little puppet, <laughs> brother!" And it's like, I did, and he was like, "Dude, that's fucked up." I'm like, "But it was funny, wasn't it, Javi?" <laughs> yeah, now, now the memes, the, all the memes make sense. You, you, do you do all those memes, or do you have somebody that works I, on your page? Is it all you? No, I do. I have done all of that myself. I usually do it like when my computer is booting up in the morning for work. Like yeah. I like on the spot daily make that shit. Yeah. Like. I've had a couple big ones like the, you know, that one that I, um, I did one recently with a venom me, like a venom, like a comic oh, book thing. Yeah, yeah. And like, it was my, my biggest one to date. It was like the man, 500 the, the likes. Mother, was he like, was talking to the mom. Right. I think I, I saw yeah. that. I, I saw that one today. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, again, I make that shit up on the spot. Like, yeah. you know, like I had one, um, when I was prepping for my first fight to win, um, I was working for this guy. It was a Brazilian guy, ironically enough, but, um, it was like a kitchen and bath company. I was in sales. It's my birthday weekend. I'm being forced to work. Um, I'm cutting weight. And I mean, I had to cut 15 pounds in like two weeks. Oh, so you were just all, all nothing but fun and hugs and. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you were... <laughs> so yeah. So I can't eat any of the shit food that's there. And by the way, I'm arguing with this guy over $500 in commission that I was owed by the way. Like they finally relented. It was maybe a little more than that. This motherfucker pulls up in a lime green Lambo <laughs> with a shirt on that I thought was like a Brazilian soccer jersey. And it turned out it was like it had Cartier written all over it. I'm like, dude, I know pimps that wouldn't wear that shit. <laughs> and like all these fucking kids are like, oh, my God, look at that. Look at the Gucci belt. So I took a picture of a Gucci belt. And then underneath it, I put a picture of a black belt. I said, man, you think this one's expensive? Let me tell you how much this one costs. Shit. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that one. <laughs> That's a slap. Do you, okay. Uh, we're gonna, we got another couple more questions for you. If you oh. could go back in time and talk to yourself before the very first time you stepped on the mat, what would you tell yourself? Absolutely nothing. Nice. Just, I'd let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I heard you ask this question and it was the same answer, but like, let me take it a step further. You and I both started this later in life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of guys who did. And there's just little thought that rattles around their head. And I've had it. You've had it, I'm sure. If I had started this when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And here's what I say to that. Like, because I actually got invited to a jiu-jitsu class when I was like 20. Um, you know, didn't know what it was. And honestly, the dude who asked me was gay, and I thought he was hitting on me. So I was like, mm, no. <laughs> and um <laughs> Sanogi class. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, wearing a cup? That's weird. Yeah. Uh, but um, <laughs> kind of tongue in cheek, but also like, you know, I was, a, I'm a fairly decent athlete. I'm smart. Like, do I think, especially looking at like the caliber of athlete, like the 185, 205 pound division back then, I could have done okay absolutely like in the, the ufc or something like that yeah i really do think i could have but here's the thing 
I've been through a lot. Like I've been through a divorce. I've, you know, both of my kids were born at 25 weeks, one pound, six, one pound, seven. You know, I haven't spoken to my father in damn near 20 years. Um, my mother has just beaten two types of cancer, had a bone marrow uh, transplant, hip replacement and a shoulder replacement. Um, you know, my son was in a hospital because he tried to hurt himself earlier in the year. Oh, man. Wow. All of it. <sighs> Pardon me. It's all right. But at the same time, you know, I'm really happy with who I am, even through all of that. And it's taken a lot to become that way. And the lessons that this has taught me, if I, if I'd gotten that, you know, if I got into this when I was like 19, 20, I'd be a totally different person. I wouldn't have my kids. I wouldn't have a lot of the things in my life that I enjoy. And I'm like, why would I trade any of that? It happened the way it was supposed to. So. I, I, I mean, there's the all same. things we would have quit, back, but, you know. I would have quit. Yeah. I, I quit. I, I, was, I was an athlete as a, as a kid, but I quit everything because yep. I wanted to go to the next sport or I got bored or, you know, just became a teenager. You know, Atari was our, you know, our video games yep. back then, right? But uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have stuck with it. I didn't have the discipline. I needed to have started this when I was older. I started it yep. when I was supposed to. I started it when yep. I was supposed to, and look what it led to. You know, I would have, you know, again, I, I did I did different martial arts when I was a kid. I quit everything. Yeah. I quit that. I quit football. I quit soccer. I quit track, wrestling. But, yeah. you know, I take something away from each one of those little things, and it's it's built me into the person I am. And the I don't like I don't call myself an athlete, but, you know, it, it, it you know, turned me into the person that I am today, and including my, my jujitsu. You're an athlete. Well, yeah. And I mean, here's the other big part of it too. Like we, you know, I honestly feel this like in, you know, as a business owner, I probably shouldn't say this, but you know, and again, it's not always the rule, but like, and I've got some kids who have started with me at different ages and it's actually done them very well. But I honestly feel like you either need to start this by the time you're 11, where like puberty hasn't kicked in yet. Mm. Or when you're like 30 and you've gotten past all that, you know, testosterone and angst and anger and you know i've got now grant i've got a bumper crop right now i've got like belt promotions this weekend i got five blues and a purple and all of my blues are under 30 and they're actually great human beings which is even better they're good competitors but they're better people and you know my purple belt's my age and and a rat you know Iraq, Afghanistan vet, just a crusty fucker. (laughs) But, um, you know, I, I honestly feel that like, there's a lot of kids that with like, the problem is too. And it's like, they don't get the right guidance. So like, maybe they get involved, but they don't have the right coaching that gets through to them. And I was lucky. I've had amazing coaches over my life, you know, all sports. And I, I'm very thankful for that and it's what i think makes me a good coach you know that and the fact that i have a mom who was you know a special ed teacher for 40 years so she knew how to fucking understand me and break shit down for me so that helps too yeah but you know my bad okay (laughs) there we go you're right back thumb did it just reminding (laughs) every just reminding everybody who you are (laughs) (laughs) yep um but uh exactly i'm a special special boy (laughs) Uh, um 
But my big thing with all of this, guys, is like, you know, this is just the catalyst. It really is. It's just the catalyst to make you a better person. Now, this may not be your thing, and that's cool. That's why there's this big, bad world out there that you can find your thing. I don't care if it's fucking chess, checkers, volleyball, rollerblade. Like, dude, do what makes you happy. Yeah. Like, fuck it. So, mm-hmm. it, mine just happens to be strangling people <laughs> in my pajamas. <laughs> yep. All right, we're gonna we got the, our very last question. This is the big one. If you listen to an episode, you probably know what's coming. Yep. Do you or do you not wash your jujitsu belt? I so I sold <laughs> microscopes for fifteen years. I've been in a lot of microbiology labs. Uh, um, great start to an uh, answer. Yeah, wa- <laughs> wash your you're fucking <laughs> belt, you dirty bastards! Yeah. <laughs> wash your belt. Wash your geese. Wash your rash guards. Wash your ass. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. yeah. oh yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> oh dude. Some I have that fear. Sitting on my head I trying to kimura me and <laughs> this is like, part of what holds me back from jujitsu is the fear of badass. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's not that often, but it does happen. I mean, I could just go in, you know, with nose clips. Uh, <laughs> Vernon, don't don't go anywhere. We're gonna say goodbye, but hang on, stay there for a second. But we appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for for doing this. Absolutely. And uh, if you're ever in Florida, come on down. We'll do one uh, in in house, which is what we always love to do. But uh, absolutely appreciate you. Thank you so much. Have a good yep. night, man. Enjoy your event tonight. Yep. Take care. All right. Very cool, man. Right. Awesome dude. Very very cool. I I don't yeah. know that you got the reference, but you know his at jujitsu dad bod Instagram. Right. He does a lot of memes. Yeah, yeah. It's no, where no. it's where I. Just knew him of more before I started to kind of you know get into the you know watching his videos and his. It's you know, funny because I came across his, his online Instagram. personality. Yeah, I came across his Instagram because you know you get suggestions related to people you're friends with. Yeah, it's the only good fucking thing about Instagram. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then those girl pics. Anyway, so <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. What? Neither do I. Uh, so. <laughs> but I came across that and I was looking and I was like, all right. This dude's really funny, and I think I think it was because we were talking on WhatsApp about you know. Yeah, yeah, I always it, share it with you guys. Once you you yeah, look yeah. at it, then you're gonna start to see his stuff. And I more. was like, wow, that was really funny. Yeah, he's a stuff. he's a great dude. His memes are hilarious. I I've been reposting. It's you know, anytime I've reposted him, he's always said thank you. You know, he's always said thank you for reposting. You know, yeah, but I didn't really know who he was. I mean, he didn't name the the page after himself, so I didn't know who it was. <laughs> and you know, you don't always go visit the page. You give him a quick follow right, right, right. and and whatever, but. Yeah, I'm glad uh, we uh, we were able to you know have him on the show and and thank you to Britt for 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 setting it up. We have our our booking manager Nat, Yo, uh, Britt. now uh, Britt Tavar. Nice. She's done a killer job. She's she's booking. She's into February already. Good job. Good <laughs> Great job, job, Britt. Good job. We love you. Excellent. So let's uh, let's just do a little bit of housekeeping, everybody. Shout out to our Patreon podcast patrons, including gym sponsors Carlson Gracie Winterhaven in Winterhaven, Florida, cgwinterhaven.com, at Carlson Gracie underscore Winterhaven on Instagram, uh, Carlson Gracie Broward County in North Lauderdale. We might be seeing Big J pretty soon. Bo knows what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've got some, <laughs> hopefully we have a nice little surprise for you on, on one of the next couple of episodes, maybe the next one. Mm-hmm. But again, Carlson Gracie Broward County in North Lauderdale, Florida, carlsongraciebrowardcounty.com, and at Carlson Gracie Broward County on Instagram. Uh, John Way, uh, newest black belt down here in South Florida. John Way Martial Arts in Plantation, Florida. Congrats. com and at John Way Martial Arts. Congrats, John. 
We'll have you on again soon. Uh, we also want to shout out our individual podcast patrons. So these are people that, you know, basically uh, sponsor the show for like $5 a month. And then they get entered into a drawing every month uh, for up to $100 in jujitsu swag, right? So we've got Jerob, uh, Jebediah Barra. I'm sorry, Jeb. I always yeah. screw up your name. Maybe I'm just going to call him Jeb. Jeb Barra, Robert Walker, Frank House, Boa Athletics. You can check out Boa Athletics at BOA underscore athletics on IG. Got Jason Smiley, CJ Carroll, Mission 22, Chuck Reddor, and Roberto Santiago down here in South Florida. If you'd like to support the show, visit patreon.com forward slash jujitsu dummies. Uh, you can check out at jujitsu dummies, our, our IG, for all the ways to watch, listen, support, and donate to our scholarship program, where we award one year scholarships to veterans, first responders, and amazing kids. We're going to do it from the show, not the foundation anymore. So we're just kind of putting things together to get ready to just do one in the new year. I know we keep on talking about it, but if you'd like to donate, again, go to our IG, click the link in our bio, and you can support us and supporting people finding uh, therapy through jujitsu. Thank you. To, speaking of therapy through jujitsu, thank you to the We Defy Foundation for their support. Um, you know, if you don't know what they do already, and we talk about them on every episode, but they help veterans through essentially they're providing therapeutic relief to disabled combat veterans through jujitsu. Right, so uh, it's an incredible organization. I went to their event in in uh, in Dallas. Um, they raised you know, well over a hundred thousand dollars. And it was an amazing event just to kind of, you know, see all these people that are really donating their time. Nobody gets paid, you know, everybody's just donating their time. So it's an incredible organization and, and proud to be an ambassador. Check them out at we defy foundation on Instagram, and you can donate anytime at we defy foundation.org. Last but not least fight back CBD, get 20% off your CBD order at fightbackcbd.com with code JJD. Again, on Milton Campus, you can get me at Uncle Milty BJJ on Instagram. We're going out here. Yeah, Bo behind campus. the camera. Yeah, I'm Bog. Oh, I'm. Bo you know, nobody knows my actual name. They just know me as Bo. Be careful, little Bo they're, Peep. They're gonna know where to find you now. Little Bo Peep. Go ahead. I, Go I'm, ahead. I'm gonna <laughs> save that when we get to 500,000 subscribers. <laughs> I'll reveal my real name. We got a little while. <laughs> How's that? No, well, Ready? at least it's a challenge. Yeah. The 500,000 yeah. subscriber challenge. On YouTube. So where can they find you? Um, there's a dumpster outside. <laughs> <laughs> Usually behind that around 12 a.m. or yeah. so. <laughs> Heavy breathing, sweating. Now, um, Bad Works on IG, B-A-D-W-E-R-K-S. -D -D -E there you go. All right, everybody, we're going to let you go. Thank you for watching and listening. Stay safe. Peace, love, jujitsu, baby. Oh,